Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, macabre manner of mead, metal, and mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. Trying not to burp. Well, it's going to be fine now after we <laughs> fucked that up earlier. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we'd marry Jesus and Joseph. <laughs> if we were any smoother, we'd be Lando Carissians. <laughs> Cognac. Cognac. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, can you remember 12 parsecs of smooth is a distance, not a time. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, Monty Gyu Flying Roads Circus Python. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was at the pub the other day talking to MR James with one of the other guys there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Monty Python, right? Yes. Series three, right? Uh, yes. Yes, Cleese was still involved. Still involved. Yes. All right. So what we've been doing for series three is talking about their university times and then series three specific things, but I've got something special this time. Okay. America. Yeah. Yeah. Can it be Satan? <laughs> it frequently is with us. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, beers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a good thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Especially since you said yours is, is apropos. Well, it's more appropriate to this than the other thing we were going to record. Oh, okay. All right. Go. So, what are you drinking? <laughs> I I am having a Sun King Brewery Wee Max Scottish style ale. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not my favorite Scottish style ale, but it's good. It's good. I like it. Yeah, see, I don't think it's that Scott. I think it's more of a brown ale, personally. Well, I, I, I might have... Okay, so, it, yeah, as a Scottish ale... Yeah, no, but yeah, it's, I, you might be right. A brown ale. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, I like it, but yeah, if you're gonna go by how it would rate as a actual Scottish style, maybe not. Yeah, and that would even be the Scottish Scottish style ales, where there's not like any malty, smoky peatiness like the Americans like to put in. It's yeah. still just not very carnal. I don't know. It's just it seems like a brown ale to me. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's still tasty, but yeah, it's good. But I, I harbor resentment because they call it Scottish style, and I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they are based around there. You could go talk to them about it. I could, or I could not give a rat's ass. <laughs> that, that, that works too. <laughs> I mean, there, there are other Scottish style ales I can get. I don't have to get that one. That's true. And, you know, who's going to know better, me or a really large doing well brewing company? <laughs> and it would be me, but I'm still not going to give a rat's ass. Cheers to not giving a rat's ass. Woo! I'll drink to that with, I'm, I'm actually not having a beer tonight. I'm having a cherry Dr. Pepper Zero mixed with oh. Jameson Orange. Ooh. How, yeah, it's the, 
Jameson Irish whiskey with natural orange flavors. It's quite good. And when you mix it with the cherry Dr. Pepper, it's really quite good. Cool. And then, and that's only because I'm trying to lose a few pounds for family function where I want to look better than other people. Huh. Well, good luck with that. Well, I'm already smarter, more charismatic, <laughs> better looking. Might as well be a little thinner, too. We'll just go for the I'm, I'm gonna, okay. Are your brothers going? Doesn't matter. I would still be. I was just trying to figure out exactly you were trying to look better there. I have an idea ready, though, and it wasn't your brothers I was thinking of. But well, I wanted to probably ask. think of the right person then, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Monty Python. <laughs> Monty Python, America things. All right. All right. So we're finishing series three. Series four airs for the first time uh, late October 1974. I think actually Halloween night 1974 is, is the first episode of series four. Oh, wow. That is um, that is pretty late in October. It is. About as late in October as you can be without it being Halloween the second on November 1st. Yes. But in October 6th, 1974, on October 6th, 1974, upon October 6th, 1974. Was it in or on? Come on. It was without, around, two, four, wherever. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> Stop. I, I used to know the preposition song where he'd sing it with the Yankee Doodle. Oh. <laughs> But on this date, yes, North Texas viewers turned on Channel 13 to watch Monty Python for the very first time in America. Oh, yeah. Yes. On public television. Public television. Got to, yeah. And when we say that, we actually mean PBS. Yes. If it wasn't for PBS, we wouldn't have Monty Python. In the, in the states in the, in the states and and maybe that could have ruined uh money python all around and i'll get to that note here in a second okay uh quick note you will occasionally see that people say it aired in the states after series four finished but that's bullshit it aired a month before series four even started and i'll get to the series four thing in america here in just a second okay but i've got a, a couple small News articles, like various. I, I kept the good bits. Okay. Those are the best bits to keep. Well, you know, like Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> Dr. Steen grows funny creatures. <clears throat> okay. So, first one, Robert A. Wilson, father of actors, actor brothers Luke, Owen, and Andrew, dies in 76. This is an obituary piece when he passed away. Hmm. a little while back but bob wilson was placed in charge of dallas public television station kera in 1967 he hired dallas times herald city editor jim lair put him in charge of the station's public affairs programming and created a nightly news program called newsroom with lair as anchor yeah Lair went on to anchor the newsroom with jim lair on pbs mm -hmm. and i mentioned that because not only did he have a good site there in 1974, Wilson decided that KERA would be the first American station to air Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yay! Yes. And 
just as important is Ron. Uh, I hope I get his name right. D E V I L L I E R de Velier. You know, if it's French, it'd be de Velier, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go de Velier. Deviler. Deviler. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think you were right. <laughs> devil, devil. Well, could be devil ear. <laughs> he's he's more deviler than this guy, so he's devil ear. <laughs> oh, Dallas PBS affiliate KERA Channel 13 was the first TV station in America to air Monty Python's Flying Circus shortly after the BBC comedy series written by the guys into its four season run. That's where one person fucked it up in the thing. Yeah. Uh, but Kara program director Ron DeVellier discovered the series in the mid 70s and was instrumental in introducing it to America on Dallas's public airwaves. He says, I got a call from a friend of mine that was at Time Life Films, who's a distributor of BBC products in America, and we'd purchased a considerable amount of material from those folks. He recommended the series and actually said he was that he couldn't sell it. I said, that sounds like our kind of show. Send it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, Money Python's Flying Circus up to that point, and now I'm kind of moving on to another piece, mm-hmm. uh, had, a, had a tough time finding a home on America's TV. Several PBS program directors actually saw it and they thought they would never work in television again if they put it on air. Mm-hmm. So it is quite awesome that Wilson and DeVellier put it on. Yeah. One of the nice things that PBS did for it was it actually played it as it was on BBC all the way through with no ad breaks because it's public TV. Right. Yeah. So you didn't get it broken up. So that stream of consciousness stuff that Python has was how you saw it. Yeah. Which is, I think, one of the things that um, actually makes it better than like Saturday Night Live. Yes. And I think Saturday Night Live, besides the punchlines, also like that. But they had to, you know, how they had to hash things into time segments. And here's the important bit for Cross the Pond. Because of the success on PBS in America, the BBC did not wipe the tapes. Yay! Yes, Jody's mentioned how that happened a lot when we talked about some of the other pre-Python Python shows. Yes. So there you go. And, and it wasn't just the BBC that did that. That that did happen here in the U.S. too. Because um, uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, they every time. Every year they would do an anniversary episode and every year they would talk about the segments they couldn't show because they were lost because they'd been because the tapes had been wiped. Jerks. Yeah. However, series four, I'm going to move on. Okay. <laughs> series four would wind up being broadcast for the first time on ABC. And without getting into that, because that would be almost the whole episode itself, I will say ABC butchered it because they slashed it and took things out, moved things around, and were sued yeah. by Python. Python won for a couple reasons. Uh-huh. One is that they their contract with BBC said nobody could change the shows without their permission. And when the BBC sold it to ABC, they, they nobody gave anybody permission to change it. Right. But the hilarious part is when they went to court, they showed both versions, the Python's original and then ABC's, but they showed the Python's first and everybody laughed and found it hilarious. And between ABC's butchering it, but also the fact that if you watch the same show back to back, it's never funny the second time around. It's yeah. So, but Python won. ABC had to 
give it up and yeah and i'm still certain i first watched it on mtv but it could have been pbs when i was a teenager i really don't remember anyway a couple more things on america unless, unless you had something okay um just on the i think on the blu-ray set for flying circus there is a um there is a segment about how about them getting the show on the air here in the u.s so they they talked to several of the people that you mentioned and um or yeah so yeah and then there's i i i think i've got some notes written up for their they, they do a, because of this, they end up doing a North American tour where they come through Canada and, and then come to LA. And, and mm -hmm. this is where they start partying with a bunch of the Hollywood people. Um, but I think I've got those notes ready for series four. Okay. Just, you know, I mean, we could do them, but this will be a super long episode if we do. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, America started slow with FM radio stations. Then after this, starting playing their bits with small releases, a little segments from their radio and uh records and they did small releases of and now for something completely different there was a bit of hollywood interest but the pythons didn't want to americanize it nor have their power taken away right and greg garrison who produced dean martin's comedy shows paid for the shows to be converted which time life hadn't wanted to spend the money on but this mm -hmm. did allow it for it to become financially viable for pbs stations oh nice Pythons didn't like their skits being taken out of context, but PBS did not fuck it up like ABC did. Right. And even though they got no money from PBS, it being public station and, and kind of got it for free, it yeah. did create a huge following, which is probably, well, I'd say probably it is. It's how it got started in the States. It's what made them famous to this day, especially in America. And But because of Americans' fanaticism with it, it's always been aired in the States. You can find it typically someplace. Yeah. Uh, at least back in the seventies and eighties, which had it made it re air several times in the UK, but that's it. So what I got on it. Sweet. No money Python. <laughs> you know, I did that on purpose, right? Yes. I had what well, I imagine. <laughs> but both awesome English British things that Americans should enjoy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and as a small tangent, I think the suite is putting out a new album if it hasn't already come out. Oh, cool. Well, Andy Scott's which, um, that, that was going to be the question, which which lineup? <laughs> I think the only one that does anything still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, that is that is my extra. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Pythons invade America. called somebody about that american females swoon over huge english pythons <laughs> well cleese was over six foot so, so was graham so was idol <laughs> we've seen yeah. cleese, at least cleese and chapman's shoe sizes <laughs> so do you have anything my good sir um i got a lot of stuff but if you're asking if I have anything else for this, um, not till we get into the next batch of episodes. All right. Uh, <laughs> although I know we mentioned it, we've been doing 50th anniversaries because this is the 50th anniversary of Series Three. Yes, it is. 
it's going to be two years before series four. And didn't we say that we're going to do it sooner because then we can get to the movies? Yes. Okay. Good deal. Well, I'm ready to do episode 11 then and talk about our favorite skits from the last three episodes of series three. Ah, well, then let's talk about Dennis Moore. Dennis Moore, Dennis Moore, running through the night. Dennis Moore, you stupid bitch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> wasn't, that actually, wasn't, that, wasn't that actually one of the lyrics? No. We're pretty close. I, mean, yeah. silly, I think it was silly, bitch. But <laughs> uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Episode 11 is called is titled Dennis Moore, yeah. Or Boxing Night. Boxing? Oh, no, no. That okay, yeah, also called boxing, boxing night. night. Is the yeah, it's the first skit on the episode, which is hilarious because a professional boxer is beating up this obvious academic who's trying to do academia, yeah, and knocks him out, and the boxer becomes the new professor of fine arts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, Jack was it Jack Bodell? Was the oh, boxer? Don't ask me. You got notes. Um, <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's it's Jack Bedell versus Sir Kenneth Clark, um, <laughs> art historian, museum director, broadcaster. <laughs> Damn it! I'm trying to find that. I've got my notes here, but I'm trying to find the what I know you're looking at, so I can keep up. Because well, I my well, reboot of the computer fucked that up. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say, and, and the. Uh, they do the opening sequence, you know, and and now, and then they the nude organist and the it's man, and they're all in the boxing ring. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to state that I, because of this next sketch, sketch uh-huh. whatever, I have planted lupins in my yard. <laughs> they, they are not huge, but they're they're not they're not bad. Yeah. But the next sketch is called Dennis Moore. Yeah. Written by Cleese and Chapman. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious because it's a, well, I'm assuming like a 17, eight, well, probably 1800s type person. A, a, a highwayman. A highwayman. Yeah. See the stagecoach going through the woods with all the fancy people. It's like the, you see dressed up in three musketeer things, all the French aristocracies. Uh-huh. I have to drink for purposely misstating that. Or yes. Do I drink if I purposely do it? I don't know. I was taking a drink when you did it, so I'm counting that. All right, sounds good. And then suddenly they're they're hijacked by the highwayman, Dennis Moore. Who... On his horse, Concord. <laughs> come on, Concord, come on. <laughs> I, and and I would I would like to point out that this is Cleese playing Dennis Moore on his horse, Concord. And when Cleese plays Lancelot later on in, in Holy Grail, his squire's name is Concord. Concord. <laughs> Genius. Uh, but yes, the, the rich people start giving their valuables over and he's like, come on, come on. Where are the lupins? <laughs> Which, you don't know, are flowers. Yep. Because he takes lupins from the rich and gives them to the poor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. And then 
the Fred Tomlinson singers, they actually do a song. I used to kind of sing in it a little bit again. Dennis Moore, yeah. Dennis Moore, riding through the heath. Yep. <laughs> uh, and by the way, Cleese looks good with long hair. Yeah, yeah, he pulled it off. He did. You know what I wish was pulled off? Uh, I'm afraid to find out. Carol Cleveland's bodice because oh, yeah. <laughs> damn, her breasts look amazing in this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's Carol Cleveland who always looks good, but this one whew, would not be amazed if Terry Jones had something to do with the outfitting for that one. <laughs> oh, and then, and, and I know Dennis more the storyline, like there are it's it, that he makes repeats throughout, so I, yeah. I don't. So do you want to go in order of how they occur in the, like, we'll, like um, we'll jump back and forth? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you want to finish talking about the Dennis Moore stuff, yeah. Oh, all together? Okay. We yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, so it jumps back and forth. They've got four different pieces, and I just love it because he gives them to the, the poor, and after a while, the poor are like, I'm sick to death of Lupin's. Lupin yeah. ring. Lupin. <laughs> the cat's just choked to death on him. Yep. By the way, Cleese does end up then going and, and taking actual things you know gold jewelry to the you know to the poor yeah. but in the meantime he keeps breaking in to their their parties and taking their lupins and the, the fancy people are so impressed because one of them hit a lupin yeah. <laughs> they still have one lupin uh, but i want to mention that eventually he's carrying this bag that says swag on it yes and that is a scandinavian term that is is turned into English for bulging bag. Swag does not mean loot. It means bulging bag. But it gets used to mean loot. Does mean to loot because you know the pirates would have their bulging bags of treasure. Yeah. So it was yeah. swag. Yeah. Yeah. But it keeps going and uh, the, the sketches obviously interweave with each other because that's what they do. And yeah. And the song is always played throughout, and eventually they get to the part where Dennis Moore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then after he's still so much from the rich, the rich don't have anything. He's given it all to the poor, and he realizes that the poor now are all the rich, and that's that's where they sing, steals from the poor, gives to the rich, stupid bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and Cleese looks at the camera, kind of off camera, and goes, "Blame me. This distribution of wealth is harder than I thought." Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's the last skit is the redistribution of wealth. <laughs> uh, so. And that's that's the one where he stops the stagecoach. And this time, instead of taking their money to distribute it to other people, he he tries to distribute it amongst the people in the stagecoach. So they've all got the equal amount. Uh, all right. How many do you have? Do you? OK, you have four. You have three. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Which means we skipped over. Well. Already mentioned what the stars foretell in a previous episode when I talk about how Palin and Jones would do parodies of Cleese Chapman writing style. Yes, but I, I don't have anything else on that. I didn't either, except something about Mrs. Icon. That's that's all I got. <laughs> I just well, wrote Mrs. Icon next to it, and well, now that, I don't that, remember why. All right, then I'm not sure either <laughs> so moving on i guess the doctor yep i uh, those are someone idol does the pepper pop voice yeah 
but he doesn't keep it going by the end. He can't keep it all the way up by the end. He's almost normal. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love how Chapman shakes the, the stethoscope like in real life because he was a doctor. Yes. Has medical training, I guess, you know, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't one of them named Mrs. Icon. Is that why I wrote that down? That's why I, I wrote that down. Oh yes. Yeah, is, is that idols pepper pot character? I think it is. That's one of them. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then, there's more Dennis Moore. And then I, I, I go into the, the silly positions in a callback to the gynecologist. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't well, know. The, 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 when, the, when Jones, when, yeah, when, when Terry Jones enters as the doctor, he, they lower him from the ceiling and then he leaves the same way. Any, oh, okay. So yeah, I'll skip what I said and let you, I'll put that in what you said then. And then, yeah, uh, loop and stuff. And then ideal loon exhibition. It's exactly what you say. They're loons at an exhibition and you check them out. Yes. But they, they do a callback to the gynecologist on his lunch hour sketch and a callback to the French silly walk. Mm -hmm. and then they have women looking up a Scotsman kilt. Yep. <laughs> and the pantomime goose is back as a Canadian Mountie. And then that's what I have yes. there. But, but that's what I have on episode 11. So I'm not sure what else you have. Uh, that's, that's about it. Cool. So episode 12. A book at bedtime. This is one of the few for this season that that's the same name I've seen everywhere. Like it's not untitled or has two different names or three different names. I've actually only seen a book at bedtime for this mm -hmm. one. Yeah, the, the opening sketch is the political, the party political broadcast, which is a hilarious choreographed dancing thing, but the Netflix version does not show it. So if you're watching it on Netflix, you're going to have to Google it. Aww. The next couple of things, I actually don't have a book of bedtime and the Kamikaze Scotsman. I thought were okay. Don't have yeah. much on it. But I, I did think the No Time to Lose the Henri Marie Raymond at Toulouse, La Truc Monfa. Gilly amusing his image in the animation and the, the whole 2001 Space Odyssey and Gilliam's animation of a, a ape man. By the way, 2001 Space Odyssey came out in 68, yes. four years before this. Yeah. That's a, that's a bit until I get to, uh, I don't know, jump in because I, I, like, I, I don't think I have much until stuff <laughs> I've, yeah my um i actually didn't have anything till the next to last well okay technically the last one before the end credits okay well i've got a couple things in okay i mean again they make fun of bbc programmers yep uh if our video connection was better i was going to play spot the loony with you <laughs> I, I i had some pictures of political people yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it's hilarious because they have show pictures and obviously you know some famous people and there's one who's an obvious loony then they go at the end that's right the loony was writer sir walter scott <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then then I, I think i've just got one more note which might be the same as yours so i'll wait but it's, it's just not this is not my favorite episode um yeah i did 
the next one I've got is the rival documentaries. Or, I uh, love this episode, but I that's really all I had. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Cleese and Palin in this rival documentary sketch, they, they're fighting over the microphone, trying to do different, completely different documentaries. Because the BBC can obviously only afford one microphone. Yeah. But <laughs> it even devolves into a car chase. I mean, that was... Because <laughs> Cleese is using it, then Palin goes up and just asks for it for a second, and... and takes it and Cleese looks kind of confused and then Palin goes off and Cleese tries to take it and Palin's like no and <laughs> yeah they start fighting over it. well then Chapman and Jones get in on it too but it's mostly Cleese and Palin that's that's what I have I, I this it, it's not it's got some some bright points not my favorite yeah. thing yeah and then there's another sketch after the end credits that um, makes fun of upcoming BBC comedy series <laughs> all right then episode 13 yep final episode of the series series in the, three yeah in the last time john cleese would do anything specifically with monty python's flying circus yeah i mean you do monty python things but no more flying circus for cleese after this one <laughs> no I was chuckling something else, not Cleese. Ah. But yeah, episode 13, Grandstand or the British Showbiz Awards. Yep. Which is great because there's more pantomime Princess Margaret and pantomime Goose. Yeah. And by the way, the, the light entertainment, which is one of the awards they give, that mm -hmm. is actually what Cleese, if you remember from that episode back in series one arc, he went to work for the BBC in the light entertainment. That's the comedy thing. That's what he went to work for. Oh, cool. So th this episode doesn't use the formal opening sequence. So it's like the second episode that did that. But what they, what I, what they did that I thought was really funny was, okay, so this aired on the BBC, and I guess Tim's television was a different network? Yes, yeah. So they used the Tim's tv introduction which i was familiar with because i used to watch benny hill all the time when it was on and that was they they always showed that tim's tv thing on the benny hill stuff so instead of it being you know bbc they actually used the tim's tv thing and I, that just to me was really funny it is kind of brilliant yeah yeah but that first part using a dead person's ashes to talk yeah <laughs> That was, yeah, well, lemon curry callback. Yep, <laughs> right, that's what I have on that. Like, until the um, next catch or two. Okay, well, I was just going to say that as um, as as they progress through the at the award segment, every time they cut back to it, um, Eric Idle's doing the the emceeing it or whatever, and he it, there's fake crying, and every time they come back to him, it escalates. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where to the to the point where there's like these little things on the side of his face next to his eyes that are basically shooting out streams of water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an idol does do the best. Uh MC. Yeah. I mean Palin's really good at it too, but I love Idol. Mm -hmm. I still insist Idol would have been wonderful in the uh restaurant at the end of the universe as uh Millie Way's MC. 
Oh yeah. But anyway, I've I have nothing on Dickie Attenborough. Uh, me either. Jody, you're like an STD. You're a big pain in the cock. <laughs> I'm only laughing at that because I know what you're doing. <laughs> and the Oscar Wilde sketch was not far off from Oscar Wilde at all. They did well on that one. <laughs> that was, yeah, <laughs> that was a very, very fun sketch. Now, I, I will say I, even as a young man, I mean, you know, fart jokes are okay when you're young. I don't think they're great now. Right. I, I never thought they're, they are the epitome of hilarity like some people do. Yeah. But the animation of an upper-class person being gross was kind of hilarious. Yeah. And I have to say, Charwoman, amazed that the BBC would show such huge tits, even if it's animated, because here in America, we can show blood, not tits. Yeah. I know which one I'd rather see. <laughs> no kidding. God, would you rather have people having sex or killing each other? Well, the Puritans, I guess, would rather... <laughs> Well, fucking pure. <laughs> I, I must have notes about the entertainment thing throughout because here I am saying Idol's character is wearing onions so he would cry more <laughs> because David Niven <laughs> couldn't be with us. David Niven see? fridge. See? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they wheel the fridge out. Yeah. <laughs> Pasolini's film, The Third Test Match. Quite the rather randy, horror filled cricket match. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Followed by actual cricket players critiquing his filmmaking ability. Yeah. <laughs> Pasolini's an Italian filmmaker, obviously. Right. Stop me when you get to sketch. Yeah. But the next one, the, the new brain from Curry's, is here's where the callback to the Lemon Curry is, because mm -hmm. of the, the name. Uh, but it's also was an electronics company. The shoe size by phone. Yeah. Makes, makes another quick reappearance. Mm hmm. They make fun of decimalization or more likely people who don't like to change from the imperial units to decimalization because this is the time they're switching things over. Yeah. So they're making fun of Americans because we still haven't done it. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've been to the moon. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you know, then they do a, a nice callback to kamikaze Scotsmen and penguins and yep. Chapman doing female male voices with the Mr. Misses and <laughs> And here's where the true origin of the, I came to donate blood. Does it have to be mine? Comes from. Yes. So you ever see that meme? Think Monty Python. And not only, yeah, because it was Idol who was trying to donate the blood and Cleese was the doctor. And, and it turns out it was Cleese's blood. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is my blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the international wife swapping. Funny, yep. not the funniest, but did make me want to move to the London suburbs when I was a teenager to get in on wife swapping. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how it actually works, but yeah. No. <laughs> the credits is awesome because they're matched up with the Mrs. Other Python. And <laughs> mm -hmm. then, of course, the Dirty Vicar sketch wins an award and shines light on the unwarranted forgiveness towards religious leaders because the Dirty Vicar is quite a dirty leering bastard and still wins an award and everybody's like woo yep because okay. i watch these back to back sometimes I, I can catch all the callbacks you know when they go back yeah. to the lemon curry and the pantomime stuff and the kamikaze scotsman 
I wonder if you watched them a week apart, if that's better because it stays in your memory or worse because you haven't seen it for a while to get all these callbacks. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. all that. Yeah. Cause, the, cause, cause yeah. Cause uh, Richard, Richard Kerr was what one of the BBC news announcers and they, they actually have him reappear doing the lemon curry thing too. Lemon curry. So there, there's a moment when there are uh, two men are discovered in bed together. That one of them is John Cleese. That is his last appearance in Flying Circus. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Series four has some bright points. It's just uh-huh. not the same. It's not. I mean, we're still going to talk about it. But... Oh, we are. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's yeah. It's it's definitely different without Cleese. Yeah. Damn it. Anyway, that's what I have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's my notes. Oh, well, hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. When it comes to cooking, I'm the meow. <laughs> I know James gets that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well then, should we let people go? Because I know we're gonna record another episode tonight. Um yeah. Yeah, we should do that. You can let them out of the basement now. Oh. <laughs> They're supposed to be able to come back out? I'm not telling if you don't tell. Hey, you know how many dead bodies it takes to change a basement light bulb? Um, no. Well, so far it's not five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On, on that note... <laughs> Rate us, review us, share us, follow us. All that. Pretty much any, just about any social media and pod episode cast thing. I'm James. I'm Jody. And we'll now for something completely different at you later. (laughs) Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Yeah. Moon? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's it. We're expecting that, were you? <laughs> That's like the Spanish Inquisition. I've caught poetry. Yeah. I, I suffered from I true stories. Know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when? Oh, once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're not on TikTok.